Book Six, Chapters Five through Eight of Of the Love of God by St. Francis de Sales. Translated by H. L. Sidney Lear. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Six The Practice of Holy Love in Prayer and Meditation. Chapter Five The Second Difference Between Meditation and Contemplation meditation dwells so to say bit by bit upon the subjects best calculated to touch the soul but contemplation takes an entire collective view of its object and such joint consideration results in a vigorous action just as one may look upon a brilliant crown from two points of view either examining all its beauties in detail or looking at the general effect of its enameled gorgeousness the first of these processes resembles meditation wherein we consider for example the effects of divine mercy in order to kindle our love but the second is like contemplation by which we look at the result of all these effects as a whole and by one act survey the beauty of many things in a single mass in meditation we count so to say the divine perfections contained in a mystery in contemplation we sum up the total the companions of the bride asked what is thy beloved more than another and she described one by one the details of his perfect beauty my beloved is white and ruddy his head is as the most fine gold his locks are bushy and black as a raven, his eyes as the eyes of doves, his cheek as a bed of spices, his lips like lilies, drooping sweet-smelling myrrh, his hands as gold rings set with barrels, his legs as pillars of marble. And after thus detailing his beauty as in meditation, she sums up the whole, as it were, in contemplation his mouth is sweet yea he is altogether lovely this is my beloved and this is my friend canticle chapter five verses nine through sixteen meditation is as though one smelt the pink rose thyme jessamine rosemary and orange flowers severally and distinctly but contemplation is like the sweet water distilled from all these collectively for he who smells this receives all these perfumes combined which the other had inhaled separately and unquestionably the combined scent of all is sweeter than any one taken apart blessed are they who after dilating upon the various reasons they have for loving god center all their gaze on one point all their thoughts on one conclusion and abide in simple contemplation like saint augustine or saint bruno crying out continually o goodness ever old and ever new or like saint francis who spent whole nights on his knees repeating o god thou art my god and my all or again st bernard who having meditated the passion in detail gathered up the whole into a cluster of loving sorrow for contemplation 
and cried out with the bride a bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved unto me canticle chapter one verse thirteen or again devoutly gaze upon the world's creator how he first meditated upon the excellence of his works in detail the light the heavens the earth and all living creatures that they were good until when at last the creation of the universe was achieved divine meditation changed so to say to contemplation and looking as it were in contemplation upon his work as a whole he saw everything that he had made and behold it was very good each several part seen as in meditation was good but contemplated altogether they were very good even as many rivulets form one river capable of floating mighty vessels which none of them singly could have borne so having roused sundry devout affections by the various considerations which make up meditation we gather up their essence into a livelier affection than any one taken apart which though single combines the virtue of all other affections and is called contemplative love thus theologians say that the highest among the angels have a more simple knowledge of god than the lower angels and their perceptions are more universal so that which the lower angels see through various processes the higher orders see more simply and at once and saint augustine followed by saint thomas says that in heaven we shall not be subject to these great vicissitudes and varying processes of thought but that by a single process we shall be able to appreciate all things as water flows farther from its source its waves become more broken and divided and so perfections divide and evaporate as they depart from god their fount but near to him they unite and are finally lost in that one sovereign perfection which is the one thing needful which mary chose and which shall never be taken away from those who attain to it chapter six the third difference namely that contemplation is pursued without difficulty simple contemplation is carried out by one or other of these three processes one while we simply gaze upon some perfection of god for example his infinite goodness without dwelling upon any other attributes as a bridegroom gazing in admiration upon the beauty of his bride's complexion who while so doing would gaze upon her whole face although he did not dwell upon any special feature so the soul contemplating god's sovereign goodness sees therein his justice wisdom and power although specially dwelling upon his goodness alone another time we may contemplate several of god's wondrous perfections but under one comprehensive glance as the bridegroom who might cast his glance over his gorgeously arrayed bride from head to foot seeing her attire as a whole 
without dwelling upon the detail of her ornaments or expression only knowing that all is beautiful and gracious and again at other times we may contemplate not any of these divine perfections but some special act as for example the mercy whereby god forgives sins the creation the resurrection of lazarus or the conversion of st paul herein resembling the bridegroom who should dwell not on the eyes of his bride but on the gentle glances she cast on him not on her lips but the sweet words which came forth from them and then the soul bursts forth in love not only with reference to the act contemplated but to him whence it proceeds thou art good and gracious o teach me thy statutes psalm 119 verse 68 his mouth is most sweet yea he is altogether lovely canticle chapter 5 verse 16 o how sweet are thy words upon my throat yea sweeter than honey unto my mouth psalm 119 verse 103 it cries with saint thomas my lord and my god and with mary magdalene master by whichever of these processes contemplation is carried on all alike it has this quality that is it is performed with delight because the groundwork is having found god in his holy love and rejoicing therein saying i found him whom my soul loveth i held him and would not let him go canticle chapter three verse four and in this it differs from meditation which is almost always a work of toil and effort the mind working out one consideration after another and laboriously seeking either the object of its love or the love of its beloved jacob toiled in meditation to win rachel but when he rejoiced in her possession he forgot all his toil in contemplation the divine bridegroom in his character of shepherd made ready a feast for his bride in which he describes all the mysteries of man's redemption i am come into my garden my sister my spouse i have gathered my myrrh and my spice i have eaten my honeycomb with my honey i have drunk my wine with my milk eat o friends drink ye drink abundantly canticle chapter five verse one did not our lord come into his garden when he entered into the most pure womb of his mother did he not gather his myrrh and spices in his passion and death on the cross heaping up merits and treasure on behalf of his spiritual progeny did not he eat his honeycomb with his honey when he rose from the dead and his most pure soul came again into his pierced body and what was his ascension into heaven into the fullness of his glory but a drinking of the wine of his glory together with the milk of his raised body after a more perfect fashion than before and in all these divine mysteries 
which seem to sum up all else there is wherewithal to eat and drink for all his friends yea to drink abundantly for his best friends the one eat and drink but they eat more than they drink and are not inebriated the others eat and drink but they drink far more than they eat and these are they which are inebriated now eating is meditation for meditating we chew and suck the spiritual food the better to digest it which is not done without toil drinking is contemplation which is done without trouble or effort easily and with pleasure but inebriation is such constant and ardent contemplation as lifts us altogether out of self into god a holy and blessed intoxication which unlike that of this world severs us not from the spiritual sense but from that which is material does not abase or brutalize us but rather makes us angelic not to say divine carries us out of self not to lower us to mere animals like earthly drunkenness but to lift us above self to the rank of purified spirits so that we live in god more than in ourselves being fast bound by love to gaze upon his beauty and find full union with him and forasmuch as in order to attain to contemplation men need the help of hearing god's word of spiritual communing one with another of reading devout books of prayer meditation singing offices pondering good thoughts all these have that end in view and those who give themselves up to such pursuits we call contemplatives and the life they lead the contemplative life because of that act of the understanding whereby we study the truth and beauty of god's goodness with loving attention which daily increases the measure of our love for the infinite sweetness of our dear lord chapter seven the loving recollection of the soul in contemplation i do not mean by this the recollection which they practice who seek to place themselves in god's presence retiring as it were within their own heart in order the better to commune with god such recollection is the fruit of love moving us to prayer and adopting this method of promoting it so that it is a voluntary act but the recollection of which i speak is not effected at the bidding of love but by love itself that is to say we do not perform it by our own choice for it is not in our power to do so when we will but god performs it in us by his holy grace when he pleases saint teresa says that it was a happy similitude which compared the prayer of recollection to a hedgehog or tortoise shrinking within itself except that those creatures can so retire whensoever they will but recollection does not depend on our will but on god's grace it is really thus nothing is more natural to him who is all good 
than to attract and absorb whatever can appreciate him as our souls which always tend towards their best treasure are able to do and so from time to time our dear lord sheds an unseen sweetness into the heart manifesting his presence and then the faculties gravitate irresistibly there where the beloved of the soul is just as a fresh swarm of bees when on the wing is gathered together by the tinkling of metal or the scent of honey or even of certain sweet herbs and thus coaxed into the hive destined for it even so our dear lord by some word of love or some sweet odor more precious than honey issuing from the hem of his garment that is some spark of heavenly comfort within the heart causes his presence to be felt and absorbs all the soul's faculties centering them on himself as their one great object and just as if you put a lodestone amid sundry needles all would immediately turn to the attraction of that magnet and cling to it so when our lord makes known his most sweet presence in the midst of the soul all its faculties turn thereto and fain would unite themselves to that incomparable sweetness then indeed the soul cries out with saint augustine whither do i call thee since i am in thee i sought thee afar off and thou wert within my heart mary magdalene's whole thoughts and affections were lavished around the sepulchre as she sought her saviour and even when he came and spoke to her she did not collect them because she perceived not his presence but as soon as he called her by her name she recollected herself and held him by the feet one word brought recollection to her think of the blessed virgin after she had conceived the son of god how her whole soul would be gathered together upon the precious fruit of her womb how all the faculties of her soul would be collected like bees within their hive how in proportion as that divine greatness was narrowed and compressed within her pure breast her soul magnified his praise and her spirit rejoiced in god her saviour she went not forth beyond herself inasmuch as all her treasure and joy were contained within her now this holy content may be devoutly imitated by those who in sacramental communion feel through the conviction of faith that which is revealed to them not of flesh and blood but of the father which is in heaven namely that their saviour is verily present in their souls and bodies by means of the most blessed sacrament and even as the mother of pearl closes after receiving its sweet drops of dew not merely to avoid all pollution from the sea but also to enjoy the precious gift which falls from heaven with it so there are devout souls which having received that most precious sacrament which contains the dew of all heavenly blessings remain fixed in recollection not merely in adoration of their lord present within them 
but basking in the unspeakable warmth and refreshment created by that very essence of immortality dwelling with them wherein you perceive such recollection is the work of love which realizing the presence of the beloved through the sweetness he brings draws with all its force and the most willing compliance to him who binds hearts to himself just as men bind the body with cords but this precious recollection of the soul is not produced only by the consciousness of a divine presence within but by anything whatsoever whereby we place ourselves under the influence of that presence sometimes all the inner being recollects itself through the intense reverence and holy fear which comes over us at the thought of his sovereign majesty who is with us even as the appearance of some great prince would impress us with respect and awe there is a flower which may be said to recollect itself before the sun which causes it to close its petals whereas it expands them at night this manner of recollection is somewhat similar for the mere presence of god or sense thereof causes all the faculties to collect themselves in adoration of that divine majesty for which love rouses a venerating awe i once knew a person who was so urgently moved by any word or allusion which brought god's presence at all more vividly than usual before her whether in confession or ordinary conversation that she was almost unable to break the spell by speaking and was wont to remain as in a trance until the bridegroom set her free which was sometimes sooner sometimes later chapter eight the rest of the recollected soul in its beloved when the soul is thus recollected in or before god it is wont to become so peacefully absorbed in its beloved one as to be scarcely conscious even that it is absorbed just as certain rivers flow so smoothly that those who sail upon them hardly realize their motion seeing no waves or currents it is this sweet calm which saint teresa calls the prayer of quietude which is much the same as what she elsewhere calls a sleep of the active powers we all know how earthly lovers can rest in the sight of the person they love without speaking wholly satisfied in the enjoyment of the beloved presence not through any definite process of thought but by the stillness and peace which the spirit finds therein a bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved unto me he shall lie all night betwixt my breasts canticle chapter one verse thirteen my beloved is mine and i am his he feedeth among the lilies until the daybreak and the shadows flee away canticle chapter two verse sixteen tell me o thou who my soul loveth where thou feedest where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon canticle chapter one verse seven the sulamite bride is content that her beloved be with her or elsewhere 
so long as she knows where he is, and so knowing, she is at rest. At times this rest reaches such a point that the soul and all its powers are as though asleep, the will alone possessing any motion, and it merely accepts the satisfaction which that presence of the beloved imparts. And what is more marvelous still, the will receives this satisfaction unconsciously, because it is thinking solely of the presence which blesses it, not of self. Just as sometimes when half asleep we almost unconsciously receive the caresses or hear the words of those around us. But however passive the soul may be in this exquisite repose, it testifies clearly to the preciousness of its joy if anything threatens to take away the beloved presence. For then indeed the bereaved soul cries out like a babe rudely wakened from its sleep. And so the bride exclaims, I charge you, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that ye stir not up nor awake my love till he pleases, that is, until self aroused. Be sure that the soul thus hushed in its God would not exchange that rest for the greatest of earthly treasures. This was the repose which the Holy Mary enjoyed when she sat at the feet of her Lord and heard his word. Luke chapter 10 verse 39. There she sat, perfectly still, not speaking or weeping, not even praying. Martha was flitting about, cumbered with many things to which Mary gave no heed. What did she? Not save listen. And what was it so to listen? It was to be, as it were, a chosen vessel, receiving drop by drop the sweet-smelling myrrh which fell from the lips of her beloved. And he, jealous for her loving repose, rebuked Martha when she would have roused Mary. Thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that better part, which shall not be taken away from her. What was that better part? Resting peacefully and in calmness in the presence of Jesus. Painters have often represented St. John not merely leaning, but actually sleeping on Jesus' breast at the Last Supper, sitting as he did in Oriental fashion. Assuredly, it was in no mere material slumber, but who may doubt that, being given thus to approach the source of everlasting blessedness, he slept a mystic sleep, even as the babe which hangs to its mother's breast, feeding and sleeping at the same time. Joy indeed to that Benjamin, favored child of his Savior, thus to sleep in a father's arms, even as the next day he was to be a very Benoni, the child of sorrow, commended to a mother's love. What sweeter to a babe, sleeping or waking, than to rest on a parent's bosom, if then you attain to such simple filial trust in our Lord, abide therein, without seeking any activity, 
either of intellect or will, for such loving confidence and slumber in the Saviour's arms, combine above all whatever else you could possibly seek. Better far to sleep on that dear breast than to wake under any other possible conditions. End of Book 6, Chapter 8